Why you gotta fight with me at Cheesecake? You know I love to go there. Say I'm acting light-skinned. I can't take you nowhere. This a place for families that drive Camrys and go to Disney. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro. He is Will Whalen and he is Ryan Konigsberg. Konigsberg to my left, Whalen across the table from me. And boy, do we have a show for you. We are here, Blake Street Tavern, late night hours. Will tweeted after hours. This is going to be a heck of a podcast knowing us. Uh, Shap is legal, so Shap is even drinking and joining in on the fun. This is going to be a fun podcast. Let's talk about how much fun we're going to have, guys. Shap, you are on fire right now. <laughs> What we learn when you loosen up shop, you know, put a little oil on the gears, and all oh, of a sudden yeah. he starts working like a machine. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm uh, you're well lubricated and well ready to go. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't have to wake up before noon. There we go. As much yeah, as I mean, fair enough. Drinking. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I think we've got a we've got a good mix of uh, serious and fun tonight uh, for the show. I mean, as always, it's been it was great. It was awesome. Yes. In fact, if you want to speak into the podcast, how does it feel to be here at Blake Street Tavern? State your name and uh, what, what, how are you feeling tonight? My name is Mackenzie. I feel good. I'm glad to be here. Mackenzie, have we been your favorite customers tonight or your least favorite customers tonight? Oh, my favorite, of course. That's, that's a, what you have it here at our sponsor, uh, the Blake Street Tavern in downtown Denver. Folks, the service here is impeccable. I mean, you just couldn't ask for more in my opinion. We're over here at uh, Park and Blake, and you can check out the Blake Street Tavern here. Uh, come ask for Tyler Ziskin behind the bar, and he will pour you a drink and Don't give you a Tyler shout. Ziskin Fun fact, I have been here four out of the last seven days, and I believe my body is imploding. And I have been here more than I've been in my apartment in the last week. The so. thing is, is earlier this morning, before we even decided that we were going to be uh, doing the podcast here, I actually thought, you know, my girlfriend's going to be out of the house tonight. I might just walk over the two blocks uh, between my apartment and Blake Street Tavern and, and get myself a Southwest chicken salad. Uh, that was the first thing on my mind this morning. And you know what, guys? That's what I did tonight. I got a Southwest chicken salad. In case you didn't know, folks, we're a healthy brand here on at BSN Buffs. Indeed. Will had a salad. I had a salad. I had the ahi tuna. Just, just amazing. Um, we may have had like a giant brownie a la mode yeah. thing afterwards and some beers, but everything else accounts to us being extremely healthy. Yeah, it's been bulking season for shops since day one, <laughs> so uh, not the case over here. Well, I but guess we could not get around to the BSN or to the Blake Street Tavern live read because that was just about three minutes of it. Yeah, yeah. well, we started off the show with our favorite thing, the Blake Street Tavern, so we're going to move into some murky waters for Buffs fans. Oh, we're going to be talking waters, about murky waters, murky waters. Davis Webb, uh, the social media impact of that. How is recruiting played out on social media? Later in the podcast, we're going to be talking about basketball recruiting. Will is an expert on recruiting. I have so many questions for him uh, last year, and I shot his way. Uh, so happy to have him more involved this year. Cheer. So uh, we'll get that out to you. We're going to be talking about a little Josh Scott NBA stuff later in the show, and uh, we're going to have some fun with uh, the offseason. But first, it's, it's great to hear that we got some recruiting press here on BSN Buffs because the rumor has it that last guy just didn't like recruiting at all. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about covering recruiting is a young man's game. I mean, you got to be, uh, which is completely weird because I'm like 10 years older than you. But, Not quite. You know, whatever. Um, it, it's it's something that you really have to, I think you frankly, you have to you give a damn about it. Yep. You have to give a damn about it or you don't. It's one of, You can't half-ass it. No, it's impossible. And that kind of gets back to some of the things we talked about a couple weeks ago with regards to the Boulder Daily Camera and the story they ran. I mean, you can't go half in 
You can't just recruiting. decide to come in when right. when, da- when Davis Webb's recruitment becomes murky. That's just what you can't do. But speaking of Davis Webb. Yeah, that still is a sore subject, I would imagine, by the time these Buffs fans listen to it. Uh, the reaction uh, we had it last week on last week's pod, some really good initial reaction. But we're going to now dive in deeper to what it means to CU and how this affects specifically CU moving forward, as well as kind of uh, around CU. And the first thing we have listed out is kind of the social media impact and how is recruiting played out on social media. And I find this is a really interesting thing, especially for someone that lives on social media all day. I know Ryan lives on social media all day as well. So kind of through Davis Webb's eyes. I mean, I'm on social media quite a bit. I I just haven't been around you as much as I'm with Ryan where me and him are on TweetDeck for 10 hours a day. Fair enough. So, you know, from your perspective, and you're the same age as Davis Webb, you know, the social media stuff, just expand upon that. Right. Well, social media has become such a big part of recruiting as a whole um, from, you know, players recruiting other players via social media, um, you know, parents promoting their children over social media. It's... It's such a big thing that it's almost impossible to really keep track of it all. And I think the Davis Webb thing was a microcosm of how it all works out. Um, You see him originally make that commitment to Colorado, and he is just all in. See you in 16 this, see you in 16 that. Uh, Picture of me with my jersey on, you know, all the edits that are big now, too. Putting edits, you know, you got to have a, you know, you got to have someone who's sending your players pictures of them in your jersey, and it's just all this stuff. Um, and then there's the dark side of following recruiting via Twitter, which is analyzing every single little thing that a player does, who they're following, who they're not following, whose tweets are they favoriting, uh, who are they retweeting, what is their bio, what is their picture. And with Davis Webb, it's actually a perfect example of when the people who read into everything end up being right. And I actually hate when that happens. Yeah. Because I'm the per- type of person who likes to say, look, this kid's in college. You can't put stock into every single thing he does on social media. When he changed his profile picture from a Buffs picture to a Texas Tech picture, you know, I'm of the idea to say, well, maybe he just thinks he looks better in that picture. I know I change my profile picture when I see pictures that I think I look better in. <laughs> we so know you do. Exactly. So I'm always the one trying to downplay yeah. it. You know, oh, who cares? You know, it's a, he's in college. And the truth is, sometimes it does matter. And you almost saw it, if you go back and made a timeline of Davis Webb's timeline, you would see that it slowly just unraveled more and more and more. And if you look at who he's following, all of a sudden he started following people at Cal, and someone mentioned it, and it's like, well, let's see. Then he's doing a visit. And all these things you want to not care about, but when you're covering recruiting, you have to pay attention to it, and it really makes for a wild ride. Yeah, I mean, I I know I made the side chick reference uh, last show about Davis Webb in Colorado, but the reality is, is let's think about the age that we live in and how prevalent social media is in every aspect of our life. You know, when you when you start to date a partner, I know this has been the case for me at least, um, but for anybody who's socially media, con- social media conscious, there is that, that question that you have of, okay, well, like, are we going to make a Facebook official? You know what I mean? There, there's that issue. And then there's, okay, well, what are the lines that you can and can't cross of, of sharing activities on social media because social media is a window into our everyday life. Especially, even more so than Facebook, something like Twitter, where in 140 characters we rattle off what our thoughts are at every moment. But then, as you were mentioning, Ryan, you take into account the profile picture, the back, the header picture, the bio. Who are they following? Who are they liking? And fans following it 
I mean, they're a lot like a, a, a jealous partner. Who, Absolutely. Wh- wh- why are you liking their picture? This is insanity. Right. You know, it's like, if, you know, that's the thing about Instagram is it shows the pictures you like. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's asking us to get in trouble. <laughs> I am very careful about that myself. I mean, honestly, it's asking us to get oh, in trouble. Yeah. You almost have to create a fake account. I mean, that's another story. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is that you have to have those conversations uh, to figure out what, you know, how you get started. But then the breakup comes. And you are leaving the signs that you start seeing that come through social media. And it starts with a picture changing. Then the header changing. Then the bio becoming a little bit less enthusiastic. I took some time tonight. And I went back through uh, David Webb's timeline back into the beginning of April. And he deleted every CU tweet. <laughs> yep. If you go to our articles where we embedded Davis Webb tweets, they're gone. They're, they're completely just, gone. Right. WordPress is a cool thing, though, where it keeps the text there. Yep. Um, it just doesn't yeah. have the actual embedded tweet. Right. And he deleted the tweets, which, I mean, you always have that moment when you're breaking up. You're like... All right, which pictures is it like chill to keep up on Facebook? All or on that matters Instagram? is if you look good in them. That's right. my that's, advice to that's, people. That's the big thing is <laughs> what does it look like for you? And so that's that's just the reality of the day this, that we live in now with recruiting, with our personal lives, with our romantic lives, with, with absolutely everything that we go through is that everything is so much more visible now that, I mean, you look at his profile now and it's like you just substituted a cow thing in for everything CU, except there's a lame-ass edit for his Avi <laughs> instead of the badass edit that there was for Colorado. That's the only difference. And so, I mean, you can't help but follow it. Uh, but you have to, th- I mean, almost a- as a media member, it sucks to follow that aspect of it. But you have to think about the coaches. Like, I mean, what, what is it like for them to follow this? What is it like for players? We saw the social media reaction of current Colorado players like Devin Ross was very vocal, uh, Johnny Huntley. Everybody was very vocal on Twitter after this because it went down on Twitter. It went down on social media. It was very, very visible. It, as some might say, it goes down in the DMs. Except it's the TLs. <laughs> See, for me, I, I was wondering because... Snapchat it, me that QB. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you could read uh, something into everything that he had on Twitter, you know, whereas I feel like if I'm in the situation where I'm a highly touted quarterback, I would be doing a lot of things just for likes. I'd oh, be playing. The trolling? With, yeah. Right. I dated a girl in high school just so I could make it FBO, just to see how many likes I would get. What on being FBO? F- Facebook official. Oh, Jesus. Just, I, I dated a girl in high school just to see how many likes I would get on in a relationship on Facebook. So, Are you certain? What is your winning this over any hearts on the BSN Buffs podcast, Jake Frio. You're lucky our listenership Does is she like know this? 1%. Uh, no, but, you know. You're I'm a savage. Just, I know. I, I was. I'm just really interested in social media and how shape it works. ain't no square, dog. <laughs> we should we tell the story behind that at this point? I think you know, we did tell that. Yeah. story. No, we haven't told the story I think on we the did podcast. Tell that story on the podcast. No, we definitely haven't because I would remember. Telling he really the story wants on this. The listeners, tell us about how I already told you the story after he tells the story. Um, so we were in Vegas, and me and Ryan, after our long drive all night to Vegas, were walking up into the game, the first game of the Pac-12 tournament, and we ran into one Being of our Being the celebrities fans. that we are, heads were turning left and right. Yeah. No, People yeah. approaching it's us. a star-studded approach. Women, children. Scantily clad. Crying yeah. babies. <laughs> I um, mean, we were shaking hands, kissing babies, doing the whole game. Signing campaign. raw breasts. This, a- this actually isn't that far out of what actually happened. So, but we were walking in, about to get to the game, and one of the fans comes up and goes, 
oh, Ryan, like, good to see you, uh, good to meet you, or whatever, you know, here's my wife, like, I'll introduce you to my wife, too, like, oh, and Shape, nice to meet you, Shape. Uh, so, you know, I, I roll with it, I'm like, yeah, good to meet you, too, finally, you'll see you on the other end, Why would you not correct wife. him, though? Uh, and then he called me Shape again, because I thought the first time was, like, a mistake, and then the second time I knew it wasn't. That's uh, when you'd be like, yeah, you know, I mean, God, it must be weird to meet Shap. No, you know and I mean? at that point... It was just official. His name was now Shape. I mean, I respect that, but as a man, don't you kind of have to stand up for yourself? I, I was so tired and so taken back that someone thought Shap could be Shape that I was like, ah, okay. All I know is the person who did that is a G, and I don't oh, even Oh, absolutely. Care. I actually Literally. saw him on my recommended co uh, connections on LinkedIn today, and he looks like a savage. Link that up. Yeah, like a wonderful, flowy hair. I, I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, but... That leading back, that only happened because of Twitter. That's the only reason I knew him. And so he thinks he knows me because of Twitter. People so do. I, so I wonder yeah. how much, you know, we actually do know Davis Webb or I, some of these players because, you know, there there is an aspect of, you know, I'm a different person on my Twitter than I am when I talk to you two. And you, you wonder to what level are you sharing uh, on your social media profiles? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it depends. I mean, obviously, we all use Twitter for professional and personal purposes you know there's no doubt about it i mean i think a perfect example honestly is what do we know about davis webb we we know what we've seen on twitter unless i mean there are some people who have talked to him at more length than i have but so what do you glean from that well what what do people glean from my twitter in general i get a couple common uh responses that i'm a jerk off <laughs> you know that i'm sarcastic uh arrogant well, two of those rude. three things are true. I haven't found one that isn't true. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, is I am, I consider, I, I think I act on Twitter how I act in real life. Yep. I think I keep it pretty 100, um, you know, and there are some people who don't like that. There are some people who do. Yeah, as a social media user, you can't control that. But there are times when, I mean, I have to admit, as a media member, I have to watch what I say on Twitter. Absolutely. You know, I, I absolutely have to watch what I There have been times where I've tweeted something out and immediately regretted it and really hoped that my delete button was caught in time before somebody screen grabbed it or retweeted it or something like that. And when you think about the attention that these young men receive, yeah, I mean, it's magnified and their followers are exponentially larger in number than mine. But at the same time, these kids, now, these kids nowadays, even Davis Webb, were raised in the social media age. Twitter was not, Twitter was not a thing for me. I didn't use Twitter in college. Yeah. I mean, maybe once every three weeks. I got a Twitter my this. junior year of high school. If I yeah. had a Twitter in high school, I wouldn't have been in college. Yeah, I'm I'd lucky. be in jail. Still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's the thing is, is like. For all things considered, I mean, my generation was like, we started to use computers and the internet. Like Facebook was a big thing for your generation. Well, fa Facebook came about, my I remember space. the day I added Facebook, I, added, I created a Facebook the night before I drove from Oakland to Boulder for college. Yep. And I didn't really use Facebook until my sophomore year of college. I mean, everything was like, William Whalen is taking a shower you know um whereas i could use those updates now you know whereas 
Uh, that was weird. Uh, whereas <laughs> was, was you know, a lot of these guys, like 23-year-olds, 18-year-olds, high school recruits, I mean, you think about the fact that I've been using it what, since I was 19. That was eight years ago. Almost nine, That was almost eight and a half years ago. And for an 18-year-old, they've had Twitter since they were... The access to these things since they were 10. They probably started using it when they got their first cell phone, which is getting younger and younger. Davis Webb is 22, 23. I mean, he's had it since he was 16. I mean, so they, I think, on one hand, they quote-unquote should understand the magnitude of their actions on social media but the evidence that we're presented every year uh obviously tells us that it's actually just desensitized them to it but i mean it that's what i think i mean we talk about all these combines for recruits and stuff like that and all the the education courses the education the classes that these guys take in college and the advice that they're given when they get to college or not given i mean there has to be so much more done for these kids regarding their profiles on social media, whether it's at a Nike combine in high school or the first week that they are on college campuses, when you're giving them a tour, why aren't you talking to them instead of all about alcohol and drugs? Talk to them about the situations they can find themselves on uh, in online. Yeah, and I actually want to get us back to what got this on the production plan in the first place. And I'll stay on the metaphor of relationships here. When you do, when that breakup finally comes along, there's a couple ways you can handle it around your circle. There's the, there's the person who ba- just absolutely bashes the ex. There's the person who goes in and they're just like, couldn't stand her, she did this, this, and this wrong, blah, 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 she was terrible, the relationship was awful. And really all that ends up doing is making you look one, petty, two, salty, and three, well, why were you, with, why were you so into them if they were so terrible? The other way to handle it is to be classy about it. Yes. Every, you know, whatever, it didn't work out. She was a great girl, but, you know, you know, we went our separate ways. Well, and that leads me into the, t- the tweet from Jared Cheverini after Davis Webb, and very shortly after, it should very be noted, shortly. very shortly after the news officially broke that Davis Webb is going to Cal. And maybe someone else can pull up the exact tweet. But what Chev did is he took, he took the high road. And basically what he said is... Uh, I, can, I, I, I can give you actually um, exactly what he said. And exactly what he said was uh, his actually, actual tweet says, college football is about young people. Let's not forget that as coaches and fans. And it's uh, quoting a little passage that he wrote uh, that says, proud of Davis Webb, that will never change, was able to be around the young man for two years and saw how he handled himself. In the end, he made a decision he felt was best for him. We'll never be mad at somebody for that. Now, when I saw that tweet, it actually blew my mind because I've seen coaches do a lot of things on Texas Twitter. Texas A&M. A, and I, I, I've seen coaches and CU coaches do a lot of great things on yeah. Twitter promoting their school. I have never once seen a coach act that classy never. about a negative situation on Twitter. And it was really eye-opening to me to think, wow. He's not just this guy who goes out there and just pumps to you, pumps to you, pumps to you. He actually really gets how this works, and he understands it. Then I see, actually, on message boards and on Twitter, negative response from CU fans to that tweet who were upset that he tried to make a good thing out of a bad situation. Um, CU fans saying, don't tell me what college football is about. College football is about whatever I want it to be. I'm the fan. I'm the one who pays for it. I'm the one who supports the university. Uh, things like he shouldn't have said anything, you know, 
F, F Davis Webb this, F Davis Webb that. And that was just shocking to me because what, what I think a lot of those people didn't know and I tried to bring to them is that tweet wasn't just uh, marveling to Buff's Twitter. That thing went absolutely national. I mean, I'm talking SB Nation's main account with 300,000 followers tweeted it out. SB Nation College Football, uh, Bruce Feldman, all these guys uh, who, like me, had never seen a coach act that way on social media about a bad situation. Uh, I honestly believe the reach on that tweet was somewhere near a million people. And that is very, very valuable for a coaching And staff. at the very least, it changes the narrative. Exactly. It's like Sean Miller after they lost to CU. Don't talk about the loss. Talk about court storming. Don't talk about the decommitment. Talk about the fact that you get it. And he even said in an interview with the Boulder Daily Camera, he's like, us coaches leave. We leave programs all the time. We do what's best for us. You have to let the kids do it. And you know what? For the fans that acted that way, Ryan, I said this about, quite frankly, and I'm just going to say it, dumbass fans after Colorado lost to UConn in the NCAA tournament, those fans are acting like a bunch of dumbasses, and they don't deserve Coach Chev on their squad, on a team they root for, if that's the approach that they're going to take, because they don't get it. They are not what college football and college sports is about. That's going to wrap up this segment about Davis Webb and Darren Cheverini about their recruitment, which was very online. This podcast also very online, the BSN Denver Podcast Network, and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Justin Gold from Justin's. If you've had my nut butter or my peanut butter cups, then you know that I take my products and my customers very seriously. So when I needed my roof replaced, I wanted somebody who feels the same way about their customers and their products that I do. Luckily for me, I found exactly that when I went to Chip Ezzo from Chip's Roofing, and he provided me with a service that I'll never forget. Not only did they build me a beautiful high-wind roof with the best products available, but the quality, price, and service was exceptional. I was in contact with Chip the entire time, and him and his crew couldn't have been more professional. Chip's Roofing has my business for life. Chip's Roofing, Colorado's high-wind roofing experts for 30 years. You can find us online at chipsroofingllc.com. That's chipsroofingllc.com. Or call us now at 720-938-ROOF. That's 720-938-ROOF. Once again, 720-938-ROOF. Hi, I'm Erica Chenard, and I've been helping Colorado homeowners buy and sell for 14 years. From the biggest names in Colorado to first-time buyers, I treat each and every one like an MVP. I've sold over 170 homes in the last 12 months, and I can help you sell your current one or buy your next one. Call me, Erica Chenard, at 720-663-1003 or online at denvercohomes.com. Hey, Josh, what happened to Colorado Keg House? I was just there yesterday, Adam. It's the same great place with 72 Colorado craft beers on tap. Really? I heard they had up to 60 breweries in there. I figured they must have moved into a huge building or something. That means they have up to 60 different breweries on tap, dude. Do you think they actually crammed 60 breweries in there? Oh, so they still have 27 TVs? Yeah. And NFL Sunday ticket? Yep. Cool. Still awesome. Colorado Keg House, Colorado's home for craft beer by the First Bank Center in Broomfield. 
Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, which is brought to you by Clock Tower Grill, right off the Lincoln Light Rail Station in South Downtown. Is that South Downtown? It's Southern Denver. It's it's the part oh, of Denver that's South. Not, it's like, not South Downtown. It's, it's South like Denver. So, yeah. DTC. Yeah. Denver Tech Center. Basically. Yeah, like by the university over there. Anyways, perfect place to get your pregame on if you're coming up for the ball game this summer. Uh, if you're coming out to check, catch a Rockies game or check out a Rockies game, either way, uh, stop off at the Lincoln Light Rail Station, hit the Clock Tower Grill, ask about their uh, specials because they got a few, and uh, have a good time down there. Yeah, we actually had our BSN Christmas party down there, and that, that turned out to be a real good time. Oh, trophies. So many trophies. Yes. Ryan and I. <laughs> Anyways, we're back. Maybe and that could be you one day, Will. Maybe. God willing, bro. I thought you were going to come back with, I already got a trophy. but I literally don't. <laughs> and I got a, like a trophy girlfriend, but that's about it. Well, that's hey. what I was referencing. Oh. Uh, God, she probably likes you way more than she likes me. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, anyways, <laughs> what will will be on top of tonight... <laughs> uh, you know what? We're not going to cut that because that was just so amazing. Shap can't take it. But, I mean, Shap. Shap to evacuate the table. Shap, we're going to be honest. I'm not on top. Wow. <laughs> no, but I, I believe you were actually going somewhere very productive. I was going, that. what you will be on top of this year is the basketball recruiting yes. uh, for the Buffs <laughs> basketball team. So I've got a few questions about how the process yeah, works this summer. That's the only thing he's getting on top of. Here we go. Uh, and then so we're I will say it's real. Uh, yes, we're talking about basketball recruiting. I talk about my love life on my blog enough as it is. My mom doesn't really approve. I hope old Jackie isn't listening to this. She was actually the editor of that for a while until she finally threw in the towel. <laughs> Your, of your poor, love blog? Mother. Of my uh, sex and booze blog, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, anyways, w- where are we right now? We're sitting here on May 23rd. Where are we in the basketball recruiting process? What are the next few weeks look like and uh, ahead for the Colorado men's basketball coaching staff? Yeah, so this is, a, this is an interesting part of the year because the NCAA actually changed the recruiting calendar uh, for college basketball coaches uh, this year. This is a unique year for them in the fact that the opportunities that they have to actually go view players are not as spread out over the summer anymore. Uh, there was a time where you were having coaches on the road in April. You had them on the road in May, one weekend in June, and a little bit in July as well. Uh, that has completely changed uh, to basically unanimous uprising. Um, Whereas 
The live periods this year are July 5 through 10, 13 through 17, 20 through 24. The live periods are when the coaches are actually on the road recruiting. Right now, though, uh, what's happening is these AU t- teams uh, are still playing in tournaments around the country. And for the most part, they're simply playing in front of family, friends, and scouts. And when you talk about scouts, we're talking about uh, analysts in the past like myself. Uh, like Ryan has been out of these tournaments. Uh, Rivals has Eric Bossy. You've got a, a, a complete team, uh, Josh Gershon and like uh, and the like over at Scout. Uh, you've got the ESPN guys who pretend to actually go out and do anything. Uh, you've got Jerry Meyer. Kind of like me. Right. When I was there. <laughs> you've got Jerry Meyer at 24-7 who does it. So that's where all the information right now that's really coming out is via those sources. And when you hear about offers that are being thrown out this time of year, and, and offers are being thrown out, it's almost always due to feedback college coaches are getting from these sources that they have. Guys like us in the industry who are able to go to all these events uh, that maybe college coaches can't get into or aren't allowed to be at, and we kind of let them know who's playing well. These guys are tracking guys already. Uh, but, I, for example, I was at a tournament last weekend uh, in Denver that hosted a handful of the best teams in Colorado. You're talking about uh, the names that you think about when you think about the top Colorado talent. Uh, th- those are the programs that they play for, Colorado Hawks, Colorado Chaos. Uh, and this is really nerdy stuff. But, I mean, th- these, are the back- these are the tournaments where there aren't D1 coaches in attendance. You're sitting in the stands with a bunch of JUCOs, uh, D2 schools, D3 schools, NAIAs, and you're just essentially getting a feel for guys after the high school season and coaches are always reaching out to see kind of who's injured who's playing with who that's a big thing so they can actually track these guys in the summer uh and formulating their watch lists for who they absolutely need to see uh later on in the summer and this is all for the 2017 2018 year absolutely so 2016 classes for the most part signed but they do have that one open scholarship We'll, we'll loop back to that yeah i mean for example um I mean, you think about the signing of George King just a couple years ago. George King was actually competing in Denver for a New Mexico-based Danny Granger AAU team when head coach Tad Boyle first saw him. Uh, And he was what we call a late-period signing guy. Uh, He was unsigned, and unsigned seniors can compete in certain tournaments uh, in the spring. And even sometimes in the summer, you see, because they can sign financial aid agreements, letters of intent, all the way up until the beginning of school. So these guys can still get another go around on the circuit to impress college coaches. But for the most part, the focus is on right now the 2017, 2018, and the few 2019 kids that are playing up a few levels. You know, I mean, the head coaches at Colorado and Arizona aren't in a sidewater gym, backwater gym watching 14U AU games. They're, they, you know, they'll keep an eye on guys that are playing up, but for the most part, it's the 17 and 18 classes. I thought you had something to add, Ryan. But uh, so for... Ryan's like, I'm so glad to be done with this crap. I was like, let me grab my computer real quick and look at some Broncos news. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward to the buffs, uh, are there any specific points or places that Tad Boyle is mapping out? I know they're kind of gotten back into that Southern California scene recently. Is there maybe a position they're taking uh, or, or a position they're going after that uh, maybe they haven't done in the past or, or, or they're doing stuff that they have done in the past and they're trying to repeat something? Yeah, I think, uh, 
I mean, the number one thing that anytime you talk to Tad Boyle and his staff about recruiting, they always talk about a fundamental thing that they look for in a recruit. Can he pass, dribble, and shoot? Now, I mean, you saw a lot of fans kind of buck up against that when the, when they had the likes of, you know, Jerron Hopkins was on campus and not exactly the most proficient at those three. And, and you could say that, in my opinion at least, I think the staff kind of got away from their bread and butter uh, for about a year and a half. They weren't focused on what made them successful of recruiting basketball players first, athletes second, and really honing in on guys that, this sounds bad, but quite frankly, they could get. Um, guys that maybe were overlooked because they weren't a specific position type, like Xavier sure, Johnson. Sure, or instance. they're an inch too small, uh, or, or they're a step too slow. They're an inch too low on their vert. Um, you know, the... Frankly, there's just a couple guys in their position that are just more highly rated. They're going to the teams like Arizona. Right, right, yeah. I mean, a, a situation with like Spencer Dinwiddie, where it's, it wasn't necessarily that there's that many knocks on Spencer Dinwiddie. It's just there was a few players that were ranked a lot higher than him going to schools like UCLA, Arizona. Right. Yeah, I mean, the reason why it took UCLA so long to jump on Dinwiddie is because a they were targeting higher rated players, and the reason why. But there's also always a reason why these guys aren't as highly regarded. You know, with Spencer, it was because in high school he was two slips two steps slow and he was not explosive in high school he was extremely physically limited as a high school player and so you have those guys that you know CU will always I think going forward again target um, their focus will always be on Southern California uh, then you're talking about uh, Colorado you know those are their top two areas that they want to make sure that they're doing the most homework in uh, obviously I think they've got you know you have to consider Texas um, you're going to see I think the Southwest continue to be uh, a place of, I, I guess, emphasis with Bill Greer on staff and his year down at Oklahoma State. West Coast ties, Seattle ties, Portland ties, Bay Area ties are all going to be a part of it. And then you have the fact that it, Boyle, it, Boyle's not going to limit himself. If he can go to Detroit and out, or outside of Detroit and get Chris Jenkins and DeLeon Brown, he's going to try to do it. You know, if, if he can go anywhere in the country and get a guy – He's going to try to do it. Um, I think that their focus moving forward, they want they want guards, man. You see it in the recruiting. You see it in the fact that they went really hard after Jimmy Witt. He was not the top prospect on their board uh, as far as transfers, but they went really hard at him because they realized that the this game, game is and always has been about guards. Yep. If you don't have guys that can go get you a bucket, distribute the ball, not turn it over, and hound somebody on D – you're not going to go far in the tournament. You're not going to win enough conference games to really make an impact as a program. Uh, and so they're definitely focusing on those guys. And there's a handful of in-state guys uh, that they're really looking hard at right now. I know Colorado fans uh, are sometimes weary of Colorado players, uh, but the reality is three, uh, four of last year's starters were from Colorado, and this was an NCAA tournament team. Uh, so the state of Colorado is doing enough to support Colorado as a program right now. Obviously, Deron Davis and Josh Perkins chose to go somewhere else, but that but that happens to absolutely everybody. So those are the areas that they're really focused on right now. Is there anyone in Colorado that maybe Buffs fans can look at and be like, okay, this kid or these five kids are really going to be legit at the next level, whether or not they do play for Colorado? Because I always like, you know, hitting up the state tournament uh, and, and going to a few games during the state tournament and watching those kids play uh, Colorado High School hoops. Or even if, you know, I see Regis is going to play Boulder High and Regis has a guy, I'll go check out that game because they do have a player like that. So is there anyone specifically 
you know, that are about to be seniors that are going to be touted like that that maybe we haven't heard of yet? Well, these guys aren't going to be seniors, and I'm going to go into a lot of depth on these guys coming up uh, on bf7buffs.com, so you guys should definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, but there are three names in the state of Colorado that have people going nuts right now. Um, the first one is Dalon Koontz. Uh, Dalon Koontz was at George Washington last year, a part of what many considered to be the, a top two, top three backcourt in the state uh, full of underclassmen. And he is going to be at Denver East next season, which is like the least surprising news you'll ever hear in the state of Colorado. Oh, a highly rated player transferred to Denver East. Darn, never saw it coming. Um, so Dalen Coots is certainly a name that you need to follow. Sam Mastin at Rock Canyon, who was a teammate of current walk-on Mitch Lombard uh, at Rock Canyon High School, a guy who play, both of these guys played for the Colorado Hawks, uh, a feeder program that has a, a really good relationship with Colorado. I, I don't know if I would say a, an absolutely great one, just because, quite frankly, they've only sent one big player uh, Colorado's way, and that would be Wes Gordon. Um, and then the last name would be Kenny Foster, who was a freshman last year uh, at Smoky Hill, a big-time prospect coming down the line. Is uh, Kenny Foster by chance related to Chase Foster? Because I think that that's the – okay, just throwing that out not there. That I, not that I know of. I mean, he very well – he's so young that I haven't completely done my homework on him yet. He very well may be related, uh, but my guess is that – if one kid goes to Valor, don't all the kids go to Valor? Don't you get like a right. package deal if you're athletes and like you have a, multiple like kids? Yeah, I mean, you basically go there for free and get, you know, free vodka at church service, I think, if you go to Valor and you have multiple athletic kids. Now, you what about? You mentioned one high school basketball program uh, that I've always been very impressed with, and it's kind of under the radar. Rock Canyon has been a really good basketball program you've the been, last few years. You've I, been I, impressed by them? Until like two years ago, they were terrible. Well, that's what I mean. Because oh, they're only so, okay. young, they're only so oh, they're, they're a very right. young school. They're right, a very because young they yes. went from a place, uh, Boulder Hyatt played in that tournament every year down at Rock Canyon, and they went from a place where they were like 3A, they were just kind of struggling 3A, then they were struggling a 4A, then they were competing in 4A, and then all of a sudden they're thrown up to 5A and they were competing. So I've been impressed with their ascension, yeah. I should say. I mean, that's the thing, and, and this is like real geeky stuff, but when you're a school in the South Metro, especially in Highlands Ranch, you have a very small margin of error because, yeah, there's a ton of people down there, ton of people with money who can pay for high-quality training for their kids. Uh, but you have a couple of years <coughs> to string together a lot of success to compete with Thunder Ridge and keep kids in your feeder program from going to Thunder Ridge. Because Thunder Ridge has been the premier program down there for, gosh, 15 years, uh, maybe more. And you saw it with Mountain Vista. They've had a few years where they were really, really, really good, but they could never quite crack it. Um, and Rock Canyon is kind of going through that. You have Mitch Lombard, um, and, and now you have Sam Mastin coming up. So that, I mean, the mo the majority of the basketball talent, and this is really important for recruiting people because you talk about uh, what kind of, a, you know, I talked a lot about the job that Colorado is. What kind of quality job? Where does the job of Colorado basketball stack up against Pac-12 and, and national competitors? And what kind of obstacles does Tab Boyle face? You have to follow where the in-state recruits come from, and now – 99% of the talent in Colorado basketball is coming out of Aurora and South Metro, and majority of it's going to be Aurora. I mean, Aurora is a 300, 400,000-person suburb uh, that has, you know, uh, a lot of schools, a lot of kids. Uh, quite frankly, the demographics are better uh, than, say, Boulder County, than, say, Jefferson County. Uh, and really outside of Denver East, 
you're seeing a lot of the top basketball talent like Deron Davis, like these guys who are Austin Conways, who are leaving where they would be going, like Montbello, Aurora Central, and they're going to the Overlands. They're going to South Metro schools. And so that's where a lot of Colorado Buffaloes fans, and especially when it comes to basketball, should be focusing their attention on paying, uh, looking for a new young talent kind of coming up in the ranks. Now, there's one name that I haven't heard you mention yet, and it's a name that I've seen a lot and a name that I've seen connected with CU, and that's Deshaun Schwartz. Yes, Deshaun Schwartz is another guy, uh, and we've talked about him a lot in the 2017 class. Right now, Deshaun Schwartz is playing with a Kansas City-based AAU team. Now, this is the same AAU team that Dom Collier and Tory Miller played for. Uh, and the, Jimmy Witt. Uh, and Jimmy Witt, indeed. This is a connection of their head coach, the guy who runs that program, uh, is the junior national coach for the USA team. And when Deshaun Schwartz got... You know, Deshaun Schwartz actually benefited from the same thing that Dom Collier did with regards to the USA camp. Uh, sometimes guys cancel or can't make it to the camp, and they're looking for replacements. And when you play on the front range, if you're any good and anybody knows you, you might get a call to come fill in. That's how Dom Collier got to start at USA Basketball. And this is how Deshaun Schwartz got to start. Benefit for Deshaun Schwartz, he was killing. He was excellent. Best ball of his career up to that point. Um, and all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who – Quite frankly, I thought at, at most was going to be a Mountain West guy, uh, and he really took a jump to now he's a bona fide power five, high major caliber recruit, Stanford, Arizona State, UConn, Colorado. Those are the kinds of schools recruiting him, uh, and it was quite the jump. And him playing in Kansas City for AU, it doesn't mean Jack. He just wants to be exposed to maybe more competition than he would playing with a Colorado team that maybe can't get into the same uh, levels of tournaments, which isn't the case anymore, but regardless, uh, as KC teams can. So, I mean, without a doubt, one of their top prospects on the board, and without a doubt, a guy they, they can get. Um, and if I had a crystal ball, if I was on 247sports.com and I was a part of their crystal ball, I, I, I would have predicted him to see you three months ago. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good college player. I don't think he's going to be necessarily an instant star but a really good college player uh, that CU can get. And, again, I mean, you think about how kind Colorado Springs has been to CU. This would be just another guy coming out of the Springs uh, to wear a CU uniform if he doesn't pick the, in fact, pick the buffs. And I think that will happen by the end of the summer. Getting back to 2016-2017, the buffs do still have that open scholarship. What uh, news is there there? What do you think they're going to do with that open scholarship? Yeah, I mean, Tad Boyle is uh, not shy to sign guys in the late period. I always say Tad Boyle is as liable to fall in love in a gym as I am at Blake Street Tavern. That's probably the greatest one-liner for a sponsor ever created in history. Um, and it's very true. I mean, I, I've told this story multiple times, but Tad Boyle was in the gym for five minutes watching George King. Five minutes. Next to somebody. Uh, and, he, <laughs> and he asked that somebody, has George King been playing like this all weekend? That somebody said yes. Uh, and he was offered... Later that night, he was on an efficient visit a week later. A week after that, he committed uh, or so. So, uh, Tad will sign you in the spring if you, if you play well. Uh, and quite frankly, maybe if you don't even play that well, he might just <laughs> fall in love with you because uh, that's the kind of guy that Tad Boyle is, and that's the process that he takes. So, they one could amazing, certainly be. One quick amazing story on Tad Boyle falling in love with players is we were in L.A., and there was like this <laughs> Five foot seven oh, yes. point guard playing for TJ Ford, Ford, Houston AU team, and this kid is just out there like I mean he's five Murking seven people, but he is just, just destroying dudes like just Everybody. crossing dudes, and, and of course in true Tad Boyle fashion he had to be a lefty, 
So yes. this kid is hitting lefty fadeaways, crossing dudes up, getting to the rim. And Tad Boyle just stands up and he's like, I have to get out of here before I offer this kid. <laughs> but you're sitting there listening to him and he's just under his breath. It's just like, what the F? Holy F, this kid's good. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, how effing how old is this kid? And you look at the roster, you're just like, well, it doesn't say his, doesn't say his age. He's like, I gotta get, and he's like, I gotta get her. And, and, and um, <laughs> basically he texts, texts me, he's like, how old is he? He's like, he's a, I think he was a 15 recruit. 2015. And I mean, the response obviously can't be shared on a radio, but it's just like, he's itching to offer these kids. And, and quite frankly, it's been a point of contention uh, in the past, maybe with a certain staff member who's not on the, uh, in the program anymore and hasn't been for a while, that this is what Tab Boyle does. He falls in love. So he can fall in love with a guy in the spring with that open scholarship. Um, I'd be surprised uh, if they continue to go out of tran- at, towards the transfer because, you know, they pretty much went after everybody they wanted and they didn't get him, uh, which is not good uh, because obviously they wanted these guys. But, you know, at the same time, next year's team is not exactly in need of immediate help. And the question you always ask yourself as a coach, and, and I've been told this by coaches all across the country at every level, the question that you always have to ask is, is the kid I get now going to be the kid I Is he going to be better his, the start of his sophomore year than a kid I can get next, next recruiting class, and is he going to be better than he'll be his first day on campus? The best example of that is George King versus Trey Kell. Trey Cowell is uh, at San Diego State, and the staff loved Trey Cowell. And Everyone they, loved Trey Cowell. Everybody did, day. especially late in that summer. Yeah. And, I mean, one of the staff members was consistently talking about, like, is, George, is Trey Cowell going to be better than a red shirt freshman George King, a, a true sophomore George King? Because if he's not, I'm going to take George King. But if he is... We actually never got to see either of those things. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's one of those things that... Uh, every college coach in, in the in the Colorado program, at least, asks themselves this time of the year when there's an open scholarship. That's actually an interesting comparison now. Um, George, George King, King is light years an better. extra year, though. Where will Trey Kell – will Trey Kell be able to get to that level next year? No. Um, Trey Kell's really good, but he's got a guy named Jeremy Hemsley who a lot of CU recruiting fans know and loved, and they should have. Quote-unquote dream school. Uh, yeah, called Colorado his dream school the first time I ever interviewed him. Um, and he actually said it twice in, in two different interviews. And it came down to Washington, San Diego State, and Colorado. Uh, he goes with San Diego State. Aztecs are really hard to beat for SoCal kids. And a guy named Jeremy Hemsley is on that team. He was Mountain West Freshman of the Year. He's going to be taking the reins for the Aztecs going forward, I think, for Trey Kellen. Obviously, CU, you know, they made a call. Sometimes it works out in college basketball. Sometimes it doesn't, especially when it's time It's a and they made the right call that's going to wrap up this segment on the BSN Denver Podcast Network live from the Lake Street Tavern. This is the BSN Buffs Podcast. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching all sporting events. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. We've upgraded our TVs to 65 and 70-inch HD flat screens. We have amazing food, and to top it all off, we have almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps you can control at your own table. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapahoe and I-25. Jackson's, the original sports grill. 
Rain, sleet, or snow, 24 hours a day, residential or commercial. You name it, A-Team does it. A-Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same-day repairs. A-Team Garage Doors has a five-star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A-Team Garage Doors at 720-556-8016. That's A-Team Garage Doors, 720-556-8016. Call 8016 for the A-Team. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you're not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. And if you do decide to file, Flesh Law will have your litigation started immediately so that they can get your case resolved quickly. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. That's 303-806-8886 for Flesh Law. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. With over 30 strains to choose from, we offer elite cannabis that is grown clean with zero harmful pesticides and always hand-trimmed. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. Our knowledgeable staff will guide you through your shopping experience and ensure you make a well-informed decision. Stop by today for daily specials and to see why customers are raving about Preferred Organic Therapy. Conveniently located at 1569 South Colorado Boulevard, mention BSN Denver and instantly save 15%. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Ryan, are you looking to advertise something? Yeah, I have a new business and I'm looking to advertise it strongly. Well, right here, this is the fastest growing sports network in Colorado, and this is the fastest growing podcast or radio network in Colorado. No way, that just sounds just like the business I'm trying to advertise. Well, no way. Well, you could advertise that business right here on this podcast network at the 45-minute mark of this podcast. Oh, my gosh. Do you have any people who could tell me how good that is? There's a former professional skier that was around the Boulder area. I think it was actually around the Golden area. Golder. The Golder area, I think, to be correct. And uh, he'll tell you all about the amazing advertisements we did for that company and how all of our fans now know that brand as well as they know our brand. Man, it would be cool if you could tell me that brand, but we can never mention it again ever on this show. Okay, but seriously, Ryan, advertise that business with us. Why? Because we have fall football camp for the Colorado Buffaloes coming just around the corner. And if you guys want to see a redo of Jumping in the Creek with Jim Leffitt, or just jumping in at all in minimal clothing, we've got to get this spot filled. Or if you don't want to see that, if you want anything but that to happen, if you want me to keep all my clothes on, we've got to get this spot filled. Either way, Buffs fans, you win. And either way, Buffs advertiser, business people, you'll win too, pretty much. Wow, (laughs) that sounds like quite the opportunity. Something that's definitely a can't miss. Speaking of can't miss, is Josh Scott a can't miss NBA prospect? Will, tell me more. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about myself being naked in Boulder Creek. Well, um, why would you be the one that's in Boulder Creek without a shirt on when you have a strapping young lad like me that works for the BSN I'd Buffs be company? really worried it'd sweep you away. Someone has to wobble their ass in Even, there. And plus, not I, plus I get, honestly, exactly. Love it was worried when I was in the creek. Yeah, I mean, I'd be freaking worried. But nonetheless, I, 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 I do believe in all of your talents and abilities. Um, Josh Scott. Really, if anyone's going back in the creek, it's me. That's real. That's real. I mean, I'll drink a I'll drink a beer out of the creek. Wait, like, uh, like, 
Like just drinking a beer while you're sitting in the creek? No, like you pour it in the creek like five feet ahead of me, and I'll drink the water oh, that falls in my mouth. Don't do that. Have you at been all, in dude. Boulder in the last like little while? You know, some dude shot a gun in the creek like two days Joe, ago. I know. Shit's stuff is so real out here. <laughs> You're the editor, so yeah, I don't really care. Okay. Anyways, Josh Scott, back to um, forty. So yeah, another guy whose talents oh, I actually speaking absolutely of 40, do believe in. Speaking of forty, we need to try, take all those Drake forty lines and start applying them to Josh Scott. Okay, like I did on my Instagram. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys were actually talking to me or not, but apparently not. So I'm just going to ramble on again. These guys tuned out for about three quarters of the basketball recruiting segment, so I'm just going to keep on keeping on over here. Uh, Josh Scott is uh, obviously uh, the six foot ten center, uh, formerly of the Colorado Buffaloes, but he is a forever buff. Uh, obviously, gets invited uh, with the first group to the Nuggets uh, pre-draft workouts, which is. You know, I, I talked about Deshaun Schwartz and Dom Collier and the, and the benefit of being local uh, for USA Ball. I'm not saying that's what, what happened here, but if it is, I mean, dude, like, seize your opportunity, Josh. No doubt about it. Um, the reality is, is that a lot of times these pre-draft workouts are more important for the second-round guys and the first-round guys. Uh, because those second-round guys, there's so much fluidity there, especially for domestic players. You know, all of a sudden, if there's a string, if there's two European guys picked in a row, you might have an NBA franchise freak out, like, oh, all the Euros are going to be gone. I better pick one up. And all of a sudden, the domestic players are falling and falling and falling. And then you have, you know, somebody out of Virginia who you thought would be a early to mid-second rounder, be a late-second rounder, and all of a sudden, you know, your chance of being drafted is gone. Um so it's really fragile uh, time, of se- time of year for somebody like Josh Scott. His NBA prospects, I mean, they're well-documented, man. Um, a, a, great, a great player, uh, very skilled, highly intelligent, improved every single season that he was healthy, um, went from one of the, statistically one of the worst starting centers in terms of defensive rebounding in the country to a guy who was a double-double threat every single night. Um, one of the elite offensive rebounders in the country. You can get a bucket anytime you need him. The reality is, is that Josh Scott's game, in many ways, was better suited um, just, just for a different brand of basketball uh, than we've seen over the last five years. Uh, he needs to be able to back the ball down. Uh, he's not a guy who catches with really deep post position almost ever. Um, he could be a pick and pop guy if you really need, but he's just not, you know, he's, he's a 6'10 guy who's not Festus Azili. I mean, Festus Azili of the Warriors is about the same size. Uh, he's yoked, stupid athletic, can move his feet, can rebound the ball, can block shots at the NBA level. Those are the guys whose spots you have to take. You know, I mean, uh, Verjao for the Warriors, another guy. I mean, he's more mobile than Josh Scott. And they're, they're both pretty skilled. And he's, I mean, granted, he's playing for the greatest regular season team of all time. He's but, also seven foot one. Right, too. I mean, but, and he's barely playing. Right. I mean, there are, you don't look at guys in their NBA prospects of how good is he? In a vacuum, how good is Josh Scott? How good is Spencer Dinwiddie? You have to look at the guys, that are, who are they going to guard? Whose spot are they taking on a single NBA roster? And it's really hard to project that in general. Uh, I don't want to say Josh Scott can't do it. Uh, certainly, I mean, weirder things have happened, you know, but 
I think he's going to have a great professional basketball career. I'm just not sold on the majority of it being in the NBA. Here's what I want to say about Josh Scott, and I'm not going to pretend to be a person who is some sort of expert at projecting an NBA talent. But the knocks on Josh Scott as an NBA prospect um, that kind of got perpetuated throughout his career, I think he did an exceptional job of proving those wrong one by one. When he started, he's too slight of frame. He bulked up a lot. I mean, he became a big boy. Uh, He's not athletic enough. And this one is the weirdest to me because I think it has more than the way he moves than his actual athleticism. You look at the way he blocked shots this year. You look at the way that he, you know, cover, uh, defended a guy like Jakob Pertl, uh, who is widely regarded as a first-round pick, maybe even a high first-round pick. Never once did I think, wow, Josh Scott's athleticism is hurting the buffs on the floor right now. I really think it's just his build and kind of the way he moves around on the floor. It doesn't look as athletic as it actually is. The other thing was his shooting ability, and he improved that. So I really think from a, from a standpoint as improving as a player, Josh Scott has really gone a long way to disprove everything that anyone has said about him that makes him a, a un, an undraftable player in a sense. Look, he's done a lot. He's improved a lot, but – the best Josh Scott we saw in his career was this season. There, there's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, and the reality is, and look, I know I'm you know, unbiased crap and all that, but I, with Josh Scott, I'm biased. I watched this kid when he was in high school. I watched him over the course of four years in college. Uh, I won't pretend to know him off the court, but uh, I don't know. I, you say hi to each other when you see each other around town. One of the great people. Uh, that I've ever covered. I really hope that he can make it. Uh, and, and I think he has a lot to bring to the table. You know, it's not that he has nothing. He has a lot. But the truth is, in the games where he played the stiffest athletic uh, competition, the stiffest competition underneath, uh, Iowa State to start the year, he's 5 for 16 from the field. Uh, certainly not the best performance against a long, and, and you know, Jamil McKee, one of the most athletic uh, post defenders in the country. Uh, you look at him against, against SMU, he had a good game, but then against Cal, uh, again, a really big athletic front front line or, or bulky at the very least, four for 16 uh, against Cal later in the year. He goes five for 17. You also uh, have to look at those games and look at what games he's being doubled in and what games he was also uh, being sure. asked to do more offensively than the defense was letting him do. Sure. Uh, you know, and I, I absolutely agree, but even in the Arizona game, before he turned it on in the second half, he struggled a little bit in the first half. You know, Jakob Pertl made Josh's life really hard. Offensively, Josh's life yes. Really hard. Uh, Josh he, was great defensively. And for he was thir- incredible defensively in the he game in course. Right, and, and for 38 really minutes, he was better than him. For 38 minutes of the game of course, he was better than Jakob Pertl. The last two minutes, Jakob Pertl really turned it on. And, and in Salt Lake City, uh, he did not win that matchup. And that happens. You're going against a guy who's going to get drafted in the top ten. That happens. You know, On three his home for thirteen court. in Salt Lake City. But the but again, these are the guys that you're going up against on, on a nightly basis, in, and even more so in the NBA. And so you think. I mean, the truth is, is every great college player, every guy getting drafted in the first round was game planned for. And with big men in college basketball, it's easier. I totally get that. You know, but it's not like people weren't game planning for Jakob Pearl. And Jakob Pertl put up, uh, you know, somebody said that Josh Scott had the second best big man season in the Pac-12 since Kevin Love. 
which is saying a lot. I mean, that's Kevin Love's been in the NBA for a long time. Uh, Kevin Love was a freaking beast at UCLA. They said it's too bad because he went up against the guy who had the best big man season since uh, Kevin Love, and that would be Jakob Pertl. So while I get the reasons why somebody would struggle, why, some, why a big man in college basketball would struggle, the truth is if you're worthy of being in the NBA, more often than not, as a senior, I mean, you, you, you find a way. And, jo- and on those games, not, I'm not saying that Josh turtled. He didn't. But he, he was dominated in, in, in multiple aspects of the game. Not necessarily all of them, but multiple. And he did his fair share of dominating as well. Right. I mean, and then you look at the second half of that Arizona game, and you're talking about big, strong, long, athletic yes, bigs. Totally. And he got the best of them. And this was the first year that he was really good against Arizona. Right. Caleb Tarzuski, I think, I think that matchup is interesting because – he, him and Kevin Tarzuski had a nice little rivalry in college, and, and this was the first year where he really gave Tarzuski the business. Yes. Uh, now, here's what I can say with definity. De- Definitive? De- definitively. Definitively. De- I can but, say it definitively. But what's, is there a way to say it def- with no. definitive? With definition? With, def- with defiance? <laughs> no, I mean. No, okay, here's what I can say definitively, and that's that Josh Scott will get his opportunity. I and think so too. he's gotten that opportunity already with these workouts. That's an opportunity in itself. Totally. I think he'll probably get an, a, a chance in the summer league um, to go out and show something. Whether he gets drafted, we don't know. I mean, obviously not getting into the combine was a big knock he's against not, those chances. He's not going to get drafted. So unless someone randomly fell in love with him in one of Which these workouts totally and says possible. we cannot let him go, then he, 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 it's likely that he won't get drafted. Andre Robertson was a first-round NBA draft pick. That, I mean, all you need is one team. Yeah, all you need exactly. is one team to fall in love with you, and you're right. He's getting an opportunity. He's going to continue to get an opportunity. And you know what? Look at Chris Copeland. How long it took him to get to the NBA. He's not an athletic freak. He's a guy that specializes in a couple things, and he found a way. The NBA will find you if you're worthy. Josh Scott will have opportunities this year, before the draft, after the draft, and throughout his career to make a, make NBA teams take notice of them. And here's something that I, I always want to mention this time of year, and it's the fact that – so let's say it doesn't work out for Josh, and I, I, know, I know for him he wants to make that NBA dream real so badly, and all, all of us are unequivocally pulling for him to do that. If it doesn't, man, there are a lot worse things to be doing out of college than getting paid, you know, six figures – to play in a European country. Yeah. I mean, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. So, you know, that is enough to, you know, to go out there and have, a, and have a real career. I mean, you don't think Corey Higgins had fun this year in Moscow? I mean, I saw a picture of him and a couple other former buffs in Moscow this morning. Uh, and they're having the time of their lives. I mean, it's really, really awesome. The opportunities that can be provided to some of these guys. Josh Scott is going to get them. Obviously, we hope it's in the NBA, but... I mean, again, there are a lot worse things that he could be doing. Uh, and I, I know it'll work out for him. He's, the, he's one of the kids that, you know, he's got a great head on his shoulders. So he's going to be fine. Yep. He's going to be fine. And he's going to play professional basketball for a long time. Yes. What we'll be doing when we come back after this quick timeout on the BSN Denver Podcast Network is going to be talking about what we do in the offseason and celebrate our uh, non-buffs offseason and the ways we kind of chillax or relax or chill or all three of those things 
over the four months that is the non-CU sports season. So we will be right back. ended about 10 seconds earlier. I'm not even going to listen to that. Podcast Network. Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching all sporting events. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. We've upgraded our TVs to 65 and 70 inch HD flat screen. We have amazing food and to top it all off, we have almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own table. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapahoe and I-25. Jackson's, the original sports grill. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you're not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. And if you do decide to file, Flesh Law will have your litigation started immediately so that they can get your case resolved quickly. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. That's 303-806-8886 for Flesh Law. Flora is the Apple store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. Back on the BSN Buffs Podcast, live from Blake Street Tavern with William Whalen and Ryan Konigsberg. I am Jake Shapiro. We're going to talk about some of the things that we do during the Buffs offseason uh, because we don't just shut off as people when the Buffs stop playing. So uh, some of the interesting things we do, this is Will's segment, so I'll let him start. Yeah, I mean, I, I, live, uh, I now live two blocks here from the Blake Street Tavern in beautiful downtown Denver in the ballpark neighborhood. I'm definitely going to be spending a lot of my time uh, here at the Blake Street Tavern this summer. Uh, Chris has really turned this spot into more than just a sports bar. Uh, this is where the elite hang out. This is really where Buff's Twitter elite comes to congregate. Uh, no, in all seriousness, this place is awesome. Um, it's downstairs, the, uh, what is it, the social? Underground uh, social. Underground yeah. social is, I I love it. Uh, everything about Blake Street Tavern is going to be awesome this summer. I can't wait to spend more time here. And, you know, I'm going to be one of those Rockies fans that I absolutely hate. Except, obviously, I'm not a Rockies fan, which makes me one of those Rockies fans that I absolutely hate. I'm just going to go hang out at the rooftop bar in Coors Field, like, every week. 
now that I live down here. I live right across the street from the stadium uh, or the ballpark. I'm going to be there quite often. Uh, explore all the breweries that Denver has offer. I mean, uh, Ryan, how many cities, how many states in the country are better in the summer than Denver, Colorado? Um, camping in the mountains, uh, creaking it in Boulder is an all-time tradition. Getting drunk at the creek is, is really, really my coming-of-age story in Boulder. Yeah, I mean, summer in Colorado is unequivocally the greatest summer right. of anywhere in the United States. Uh, I haven't spent full summers in all these places, but there's just something special about, <clears throat> like, this is gonna. This might sound weird, or you, everyone might agree with me. The way the air is at night. No, it's just literally Colorado the most Ryan summer, thing like, ever. I was you literally thinking about this when I was driving just, over to your house earlier. You breathe yeah. that air, and it's just like, the, it's the best air. Yeah. It's the best it air is. there is. It is. Um, just like we have the best tap water as well. It's um, real. Like that's the first thing I think of every time I leave Colorado. Like day three, I'm like, God, I'm so thirsty for just Colorado water. Yeah. Uh, so really, camping to me is amazing yeah um just like exploring tyler actually is the best at just like being like i have nothing i, I have the day off i'm just gonna go like explore colorado yeah and uh so that's a cool thing to do uh anyone that listened to buff stampede radio back in the day knows that will sun's out guns out i'm extremely anti-sleeves in the summer as much as i can not wear like the only time you'll catch me in sleeves is when i'll be at dove valley yeah. at work and, and, you know, one of the other – actually, I, and I really do enjoy this. Um, we're fortunate – I mean, we talked about social media earlier this podcast. We're fortunate to have really kind of cultivated relationships uh, with our, our fans. I don't know if they're our fans, but people who follow our work. Readers, uh, yeah. And people who share our work and whatnot, the supporters of our work. And quite frankly, it's kind of fun to almost take a backseat a little bit um, and – kind of learn about them you know you you meet up with the likes of like see you goose on twitter buff nick you know all these guys and and honestly you know one of the hard parts about the job is every when you make friends at work you always see them at work um and what's great about the offseason obviously not to get too mushy uh seeing you guys obviously outside of the of the press room situations like that and and getting to kind of be a little bit more creative with the stuff we come up with uh for our readers online so i i mean i love the offseason uh i'm excited for the offseason uh, the sum summer in Colorado, man. How can you beat it? I think Colorado summer, I just realized during the segment, is all about getting drunk in places other than bars. Oh, it completely is. <laughs> like complete, lakes, like pools. Don't get drunk campsites. at a bar. And you know what we're going to do this summer? Creeks. I'm going to pl play around in golf. And by golf playing, courses. I'm going to be present. Baseball fields. Yes. I'm going to be present at a, at a round of golf and have my own set of clubs. That is as far as I can commit to going sober. I will say I'm very glad that you both are bearing witness to the hashtag Summertime Shat brand. Uh, it's one-of-a-kind brand. I was uh, really hoping that didn't make the cut of the last segment being <laughs> thrown out. <laughs> Whose man's is this? Uh, yeah, big pool guy in the summer. Uh, I will invite both this of you over to the, to the Shat pool. and you can, This is getting worse. You can uh, come over and... What did you call my house today? The, the Chateau, Chateau Arc. I guarantee you Chateau Arcade's pool You know is what? Actually, speaking of Chateau, uh, we can, <laughs> what is never it? mind. We don't need to go down that road. Wait, did you mean Plateau Arcade when you said that? No. I, I kind of live on a plateau. No, but it, no Chateau is like, means like a state in French. Yeah. Both could work, though. No. That's real. Plateau, well, Chateau. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I think, honestly, I mean, being serious for a moment, I think this summer is going to be a fun time on the BSN Denver Network. I mean, um, Ryan, the Rockies taking, coverage will be great. 
Um, Sorry. Some people, just had to hype, hype I, I, I mean, the Rockies coverage will be top notch. Shake, you do a great job. And I know the Broncos coverage. I don't give a damn about it, but I know a lot of people around here do. Um, and and I enjoy your work. I know the BSN Broncos site is going to be humming all year round. Always. You're going to be killing it down at Dub Valley, uh, especially with relocating down to Denver. Hopefully, sometime soon, mm-hmm. uh, listeners and readers can really look forward to better coverage and more coverage from you on that site. And BSN Buffs, I think we're going to have a great time and have a lot for people to tune into this summer. So, uh, I mean, this is kind of the official off-season, first off-season, I guess, podcast, really, uh, where we talk about the summer. I'm here now, so whatever. It's official something. And I can't wait, guys. It's going to be fun. You know what was real, Will? You know what was real? That, that podcast is real. That you just listened to on the BSN Denver Podcast. Network. He is Will Whalen. He is Ryan Coneyberg. I am Jake Shapiro. Follow us along on BSNBuffs.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.